You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Yo, how's it going? Y'all good? Listen, guys, you got some vibes going in here, right? I haven't been, I don't, I don't ever get to, to see this very much. And uh, normally I'm just picking up my kid at the end of the night and a lot of you are gone, but man, there's a lot of people here and you guys worship so good. Guys, I'm so proud of you. Listen, as your pastor, I want you to know I'm proud of you. You're doing good. Somebody say, we're doing good. You're doing good. The way you're digging into the Lord. And, and just so you know, man, every weekend, like seeing you guys worship, seeing you down here in the front on your knees, like the way you guys are, I'm just, I just want you to know, I'm very proud of you and I'm very excited about what God is doing in this place. And I'm very excited about the future and what it holds for you and what it holds for, for the church. You know, I, I grew up in the church. I'm going to talk about that a little bit here in just a moment. Um, but I had a group of about six guys that I was running with through junior high and high school. And uh, we were like a lot of guys that you know in junior high and high school. Like if you were to look at us like you do a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys, like this would just be real, like you would look at us and go, these guys are idiots, right? You might relate, like you know some guys that are kind of idiots, like that was us. And if you would have looked at us as adults looking at us, you would have thought like we had no idea what we were doing. Probably one of us was going to die, but we all made it, thank God, we all made it. And uh, I look back now. And some of my friends, it's, it's crazy, four of these six guys are pastoring churches that reach thousands of people. And, and again, if you would have saw us, you would have been like, there's no way. But man, you just never know what God can do. Like where, where you are today is not where you're going to end up, just so you know. But I, I want you to know, I look in this room and I see what God is doing in you. And I, I'm excited because I, I believe like there's some future pastors in this room. There's some future worship leaders in this room. Some of you, you're going you're gonna to be a part of planting new song campuses all over this state with us. Amen. Amen. Guys and girls, right? We're gonna, you're you're going to be used by God to, to, to build the kingdom. And so I'm pumped about that, excited. And I just want to say keep going. Like keep pushing, keep growing, keep digging in because God's got more for you. Amen. Look at the person beside you and say, God's got more. God's got more. And also, can I just say that Pastor Jackson, like, is not Pastor, Jackson's like the coolest dude ever, right? You guys know that, right? I've, I've known Jackson a long time. In fact, I've got a picture of Jackson. I want to throw up here real quick. Would you guys throw that up here? This is a picture. This is actually, that's, that's Jackson there on the, on the left, and that's, that's Gus on the right there. That's Gussie Roo. You guys know his nickname is Gussie Roo, right? That's what his mom calls him, so you, you now have free reign to do that anyway. But yeah, Gus is about five. Jackson was probably 16, 17. He was working in my kid's department at Gateway Church. And he's come a long way, right? <laughs> but man, I just want you to know, I'm so, you can take that down. You can take that down. I'm, I'm so proud of you. I really am. I'm proud of the man of God that you are, the pastor that you are, the leader that you are. If they lined up all the youth pastors in America and told me I could pick anyone, I would pick you every day of the week. I love you. I know these guys do too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you guys appreciate what you have in here. You have the best youth pastor in America. Somebody say amen. 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 All right, so I heard you guys can handle the word. Is that true? You guys can handle it? All right, so get your notes out. Get your phone out. Get out of all your apps except for notes 
and Bible, if you want to use that one. Shut all the other stuff down, right? No notifications. Let's go. Let's go, Michael. No notifications, right? Right, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Let's get into the Word tonight. We're continuing this series called Head in the Clouds, and I really love this series because what you're doing in this series is so cool in this, in this taking a big view, like stepping back and getting a higher perspective on what God is saying on all these different perspectives, on all these different subjects. And what's great about that is, you know, I, I don't know if you've discovered this yet, but I've definitely discovered this, that I don't always have the best perspective, right? Like I don't always see things the best way, but, but through the Bible and through, through the Holy Spirit and through, through connection with the Lord, I can, I can tap into a better perspective, a higher perspective. The Bible talks about this. Look at this with me. It says Isaiah 55. It says this, For my thoughts are not like your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, when it talks about the ways of God being higher, it's not talking about like locationally higher, like just that the thoughts of God are somewhere up in the atmosphere. It's actually saying that they're greater, that they're better. And, and I have learned this in my life, that, that my plans are not always the best plans. My thoughts are not always the best thoughts. What I think is not always the best way. And, and God doesn't always do things the way that I think he will or the way that I want him to. Sometimes God moves faster than I want him to move. Sometimes God moves slower than I want him to move. He doesn't always follow my plan. And most of the time, the reason why he doesn't follow my plan is because my plan isn't good enough. If God's not doing stuff according to your plan, it's probably because your plan is not good enough. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. God is faithful to his word, but he's not faithful to your plan. I'm going to say that again. God is faithful to his word, the Bible. He's faithful to the promises and the truth that he says in scripture, but he's not faithful to the plan that maybe you think he's got for your life. Because here's the thing. Our plan is based on our perspective, and our perspective is very limited. You know what your perspective is limited to? It's limited to your perspective. <laughs> but God has a higher perspective. He's got a different perspective. He has a, a perfect perspective. And the best way I know how to explain this is kind of think of it like a parade. You guys ever been to a parade before? Maybe at like Disney or at a theme park or maybe, you know, in Edmond they have the 4th of July parade. Maybe you, you go to that parade. And what happens is you go to the parade and you sit in a spot, right? And your, your view of the parade is determined by the spot you have in the parade, right? So what you see is from your perspective. You see the people around you immediately. You see the parade as it passes by you. But, you're, but you know your, your, your view of the parade is limited. It's limited in time. It's limited in space. But if you were to, say, bring a drone with you, right, and you fly that drone up in the sky and you've got a little screen in front of you and you can see from now the drone's perspective, what you would see is you would see the parade from a whole different perspective. And you could, you could actually, from a higher perspective, you can see the, the end of the parade and the beginning of the parade all at the same time. You can not only see like where the parade is and where you are and the people around you, but you could see everybody from the higher perspective. Like all of a sudden, your perspective completely changed. It's enlarged because you have a higher perspective. Now, this is kind of how, how God is. But God's really cool because he's like, he's kind of like that. Like you don't only have this higher perspective through God, where you can see at a grander level, because God knows, like God knows where things are going. He knows what decisions are, are going to, where decisions are going to take you, where God's leading you. He not only knows all that, but He also has the up close and personal perspective. So understand, when we have God's perspective on anything, 
we have the greatest, most perfect perspective. So in this series, what we're doing is we're getting God's perspective on stuff. And that gives us the ability to see the up-close and personal stuff, but it also allows us to see from a bigger standpoint what God is doing and his overall plan and what he's doing. So tonight, I want to give you some perspective. I want to give you a higher perspective, a biblical perspective, on one of my favorite subjects in all of the world, and that is the church. Somebody say, let's go to church. We're going to talk about church. I want to talk to you about why you need to go to church. I'm going to talk to you about why you need to be at New Song Students all the time. You need to get here every time the doors are open. Someone, like, look at the person beside you and give them a look kind of like, dude, like, give them that kind of look and be like, go to church. Go to church. All right, if you're with me, say I'm with you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time we have together, and I just pray that you would speak to every person in this room. We want your perspective, Lord. We want a higher perspective. We want to see things from, from your viewpoint, Lord. Let us take our eyes off ourself. Let us take our eyes off everyone around us, and Lord, let our eyes be fixed on you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to every person in this room. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they're facing. I don't know what their home life is like. I don't know what trouble they may be, may be having. I don't know what pain they may be facing. But, Lord, you know. And you see them. And you love them. And you've called them. And so I just pray over the next few moments that they would just, they would hear your word. That Josh Blunt would disappear. And that Jesus would show up. And that you would speak a truth into their life that they will never forget. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I grew up in church. Uh, and when I say, like, grow up in church, like, I w- I'm, like, seriously, I was in church all the time. All the time. Like, I don't ever remember a time in my childhood, teenage years, where there was, like, a moment where my parents were like, you know what? We're going to skip this weekend. Like, we're, we're just going to stay. It's been a long week. Let's just stay home. That was not the case in our home. In fact, my dad was uh, the worship pastor at the church I grew up in. It was this mega church with 14,000 people in this church. And so, um, like, we were there all the time. And when I say all the time, like, I wasn't just there at one service. I was there at all three, sa- th- three Sunday services and two, sa- and two Saturday services. I was there Wednesday night. I was there for any conferences. Like, if the doors were open, I'm at church. And even when the doors aren't open to everybody else, I'm at church because my parents are doing music rehearsals and all this stuff. So, man, I am at church. But all of that being around church didn't really help me to understand what it was really all about. Any more than like, you know, I have an iPhone that's with me all the time, and I have no idea how it works. No concept of if you open it up, I would be lost, okay? No clue. So proximity and just being around something doesn't equal understanding and revelation, And so I didn't really know what church was. I didn't really know what the purpose was, what the plan was. And to be honest with you, my view of church was very selfish. (laughs) Like I thought church was pretty much about me. Like it was my way to kind of go to church and have this life coach kind of God serve me and help me to live my best life and become the best version of me and, and to be successful. And so that's how I processed church. That's how I processed God. And so I came to church with my eyes on me. And when I went into the lobby and saw people, like the other side of church for me was like, this is a great place for me to be around kind of like-minded people, people who have the same viewpoint as me, who believe in the same thing as me. So I can have these friends. My parents will approve of that, right? 
And, uh, and it's also a great dating pool because I can meet, you know, a girl here and, and get married and she's going to have the same belief system as me. And so this is, this is how I'm processing church, like for real. And, and, you know, what's funny is some of it worked, you know, in a way. Like I did learn about God and I did learn some stuff about him that's been helpful. And I met a lot of friends and made a lot of connections and built some relationships that have been lifelong, including I met my wife at church. Pretty amazing story too. You guys want to hear it? Okay, so here it is. Uh, I, was about, I was about 19 years old, and I'm hanging out in the church lobby doing my thing like a 19-year-old Josh would do. Now, again, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the worship pastor's son. Everybody knows my dad in this huge church. And so because everybody kind of knows my dad, by default, a lot of people know who I am. And I thought I was a pretty big deal. Like I was pretty, pretty arrogant, pretty prideful pretty full of myself, okay? So I'm hanging out in the lobby, and I'm kind of doing my thing like you do, you know, kind of putting out the vibe, right? Putting out the vibe, trying to look cool without making it look like I'm trying too hard to look cool. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You all do it. <laughs> so I'm hanging out, putting out the vibe, and one of my friends comes up, and he's like, hey, dude, I heard there's this girl, and she had a dream that she was going to marry you. And she's been going around telling people that it's going to happen. <laughs> now, arrogant Josh, I'm telling you, my first thought was, you know, there's probably a lot of girls that are having this <laughs> dream. <laughs> that was not the case, but it's what I thought. Um, but then I was like, but then you kind of go to the next stage, which is like, who is this? Like, this is interesting. What's going on? Maybe this is God. I don't know. And he's like, well, it, I, don't, I don't see her, but it's Mike Haggard's sister. And I was like, Oh, I know Mike. I went to school with him, played basketball with him, but I don't know his sister. And he was like, well, I'll show you when she, when she gets here. So I'm, I'm hanging out, doing my vibe thing, you know, got the vibe going. And all of a sudden, he comes back, and he's like, hey, that's her over there. And so I look over, and there's this group of girls, and I see Sarah. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and so, so I, I walk over, and I get in my mind, like, okay, I'm going to mess with this girl. Like, I'm going to call her out on this. Because I'm, I'm just that kind of dude. Like, I'm prideful enough and arrogant enough. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go freak her out and tell her I know her little secrets she's been telling people about. And so I walk over to this group of girls. I don't know them at all. I don't know her, anybody. I was like, hey, are you Sarah? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, um, somebody told me that you had a dream you were going to marry me? And you've been telling people it's going to happen? Now, I'm thinking, guys, I'm thinking she's going to be like, oh, my God, like mortified by this. But like only my wife can do, but she wasn't my wife then, but only my wife can do. She just looks at me dead in the eye and she goes, yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm kind of going, okay, uh, well, good luck with that. And I just kind of walk away. <laughs> and four years later, guys, she walked down the aisle. She said, I do. I said, I do. And we've been married for 20 years this summer. Yeah. And I remind her constantly that I am the man of her dreams because I really am. Now, that has nothing to do with the message, but I just thought I'd share. But, it, but here's, my, here's the idea, though. I, I didn't really understand what the church was all about. Like, I had this very selfish, self-centered kind of view of what the church was, but I've since learned what the church is all about. And, and I know how important it is. Guys, the church is a big deal. The church of Jesus Christ is a big deal. In fact, the Bible says this in Ephesians 5.25. Christ loved the church. Do you love the church? Christ loved the church. And he gave himself up for her. 
Like Jesus, Jesus died so that he could establish the church. He gave his life. He sacrificed his life so that he could build the church. So yeah, the church is kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. And you need to understand it's a big deal for your life because your purpose is tied to the church. In fact, if you're taking notes, write that down. My purpose is tied to the church. You know, the Bible says this about your life, about who you're called to be. The Bible says you're called to be salt and life. You ever heard that? Salt and light. What are those? Those are both agents of change. Salt makes things better, brings out flavor. Light makes things brighter. That's, that's part of who you're called to be as a Christian. That's what you're called to do in your school. That's what you're called to do with your friends, is to bring out the God flavors, to shed the light of Jesus on situations. You're called to do that. The Bible says we're to be generous with our lives. We're to live our life in a generous way. We're to be generous with our finances. We're to be generous with, with our giving. We're to be generous with how, how we serve. We're to be generous with how we live, generous with our words of encouragement, generous with how we, we, we love our neighbor. We're called to live a generous life. We're to serve others. We're to support others, help others. We're to pray for others, lock arms with other people. We're to share the hope that we found in Jesus. Like we're, we're called to something significant. And here's, here's what I've learned is that the church is one of the primary instruments through which we do so much of that. God ordained the church to be a way that you can connect with other people, connect with God, and fulfill your purpose for life. So I've got three reasons why you need to get your butt to church. You ready for this? That's not the title of my message unless you want to title it that, whatever. But three reasons why you need to get yourself to church. Now, before I jump into that, let me tell you what the church is not, okay? The church is not a social club. It's not a club that you belong to. It's not a hang, not a good hang. It's not, a, um, it's not like a, a, a building, a location. Um, the church is not a place I go to. It's not an event I attend. Here's what the church is. It's a spiritual family that I belong to. And that's what New Song Students is. This is a spirit, like we want you to see this as a spiritual family that you belong to. These are your brothers and sisters in this room, in Christ. These are your brothers and sisters. God's called you to walk with them. The Bible says it like this in Acts chapter 2. This is what, right when the church is being established. Verse 41, it says, those who believed what Peter said. So Peter has just gotten up after the day of Pentecost when the people are filled with the Holy Spirit. After Jesus has died on the cross, he gets up and he shares this, this message. He shares this message of the gospel where he teaches them about what Jesus has done, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the grave. And, and he's talked to them about giving their life, surrendering their life over to Jesus. He said they believed the gospel. They were baptized and added to the church that day. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. So they were devoted to this gospel message and to the Bible, to growing and studying the word and developing in it, to fellowship, to connecting in community, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, to eating together. I love that. That's a part of the New Testament church. We eat together, right? Sounds good. And to prayer. This is praying for each other. This is praying with each other. They worshiped together at the temple each day, and they met in homes. That's a picture of big groups and small groups. You know, we come together like this. This is a bigger group. You come to, to New Song Church on the weekends. That's the bigger group. But there's also the small groups that you need to get into and connect with people that way. They connect for the Lord's Supper in homes and share their meals with great joy and generosity. So notice some of the words in there. Leave that text up, guys, if you can. Believed, baptized, they were devoted, they worshiped, they fellowshiped, they ate together, they ministered to each other and to others. They served together and they served others. Here's what we see here. The church is a group of believers who are joined together in a commitment to help each other fulfill God's purpose 
in their lives and in this world. Leave that up there for a moment, guys, so they can write this down or take a picture of it, whatever you're going to do. The church is a group of believers who are joined together in a commitment to help each other fulfill God's purpose. There's a purpose God's called your life to, and he's called you to help other people fulfill their purpose too, and for other people to help you fulfill your purpose in God's calling in their lives and in this world. So listen, here, here's the idea. We are the church. Look at the person beside you and say, we're the church. Look at the other person and say, you're the church. We are the church. When we come together, this is the church. And we exist to glorify God, to love God, and to love others. To love God and to love what God loves the most. You know what he loves the most? He loves people. We're to love God and we're to love people. All right, so I got three reasons why you need to go to church. Here's the first one. You need to go to church because in church you experience God's presence. In the church you experience the presence of God. Now, let me talk about the presence of God for just a moment, all right? Um, every person is always in the presence of God because God is what the Bible refers to this idea of him being omnipresent. That means he's everywhere present. That means he's everywhere at the same time. In, in Psalms 139, it talks about if I go to the highest heights, God is there. If I go to the, the depths of Sheol, which means hell, God is there. Like God is everywhere, like everywhere present God. He's, he's here right now. He's in Istanbul. He's on the moon. He's in Mars. He's on the, the furthest depths of the galaxy. He is an omnipresent, everywhere present God. But God is also, the Bible talks about how he can be inner present. Well, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, God's spirit lives in you. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the spirit of God comes to live within you. You become a temple of the Holy Spirit. So God is everywhere present, and he's inner present in the life of a believer. But there's also this other, uh, this other form of the presence of God that we can experience called the manifest presence of God. Of God. The manifest presence is when God makes himself known, makes himself like known in a room. Like God's not just in the room, like he's showing himself to be in the room. The Bible says this, John, Jesus says this in John 14, 21, he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Manifest means to make known, to make known. So it's kind of like this. Um, imagine you're in a gym and all of a sudden, the doors open, and Steph Curry walks into the gym. And he walks in the gym, and he goes and he sits on the bleachers. And he's just watching you play a game of pickup basketball. That's pretty cool, right? That's not bad. Be probably a little embarrassing for a lot of us because he's Steph Curry, and we're not. But, but that's him just kind of showing up. He's there. He's present. But if he comes, and all of a sudden, he's like, hey, can I get in? And he starts playing in the game, and he starts doing the kind of stuff that he can do. Now he is manifesting his presence. He is making himself known in the gym. And all of a sudden, everything changes because Steph Curry is playing in the game. That's what God wants to do in our life. God's present always. But there are occasions where God shows up and manifests himself in a real tangible way. Some of you guys have experienced this before in, like, worship. Or in a message where all of a sudden it's like, man, God is talking to me. God is speaking to me. I sense the love of God for me. I, I, I sense the hope of God for me. I, I, I hear God talking to me, giving me direction in my life. It's not like all of a sudden you have like a, let's say it, the Lord moment. It's not that. Some of you just woke up. but <laughs> It's not that. It's just like all of a sudden you just, there's just a knowing like God's on the scene. Like, you could, you could feel that tonight in this room as you're worshiping God. He's showing up. And some of you are like, I, I don't know that I've ever felt that. Well, well, part of the reason why some of us are feeling it and some of us aren't in the same room is because here's the thing about God. 
God manifests himself and goes where he's invited. God is a God of invitation. God shows up where he's invited. In fact, in Revelation 3, it tells us this. Jesus says this. He says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone, anyone, are you in anyone? If anyone, look at this, anyone hears my voice and opens the door. And listen, the voice of God is speaking to you tonight. Like through this word right now, he's saying to you, hey, are you hearing this? I'm talking to you. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Listen, God wants to make himself known in your life. He wants to make himself known here in the church. He wants to manifest himself in such a way that you go, oh man, God is on the scene. God is showing up. God is moving in this place. The question is, are you inviting him into your life? Because he won't go where he's not invited. He's an invite-only God. I love this quote. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's by a guy named A.W. Tozer. He was a famous pastor at the turn of the century. He's got some awesome books. Uh, he says this. He says, there will be no manifestation of the presence of Christ without acute desire. God waits to be wanted. Sadly, he often must wait so very long. God shows up where he's invited. My question for you is, is he showing up in your life? And if not, maybe you're not inviting him like you should. See, we want him here, right? Like we, we want the presence of God on the scene in this place. We, we have a saying here at New Song Church we use. If you're on staff or you've been around, you've probably heard us talk about this before. We have a saying and an analogy. The saying is this, that Jesus is the guest of honor at New Song Church. He's the guest of honor. And the analogy I use is the analogy of Thanksgiving. You guys like Thanksgiving dinner? I love Thanksgiving. I love showing up at Thanksgiving dinner. And I love showing up at Thanksgiving dinner and feeling like, like I've been thought about. You know what I mean? Like you show up. We, we hosted Thanksgiving in our house this year, and we knew everybody was going to be there, and so we made a place for everybody that was going to be there, and we made a specific place for everyone. Like, we thought about who's coming. So there's some babies coming, so we make a place for them. There's high chairs, and there's food specifically for them, things for them, toys that we get out that we don't always have out. We get out for them, things that we make, because we want them to feel welcome, but we also want everybody to feel welcome. Grandma's going to be there. We want to make a place for her. Like, everybody, we want to make a place for them so that when they show up, they feel like, oh, man, I've been thought about. And, and that's why we do what we do here at New Song Church. Like on Sundays and on Wednesdays, like we want you to feel like we thought about you, we care about you, we love you, because we do. But I want you to know this, you're not the guest of honor. As much as we love you, listen, the guest of honor in this house is Jesus. And the reason why he's the guest of honor is because he can do things I can't do. He can do things that we cannot manufacture. He, he can do things for you. Only he can heal you. Only he can speak to you a word that can... I could, I could preach a two-hour long message, and it will not mean near as much to you as one minute in the presence of God. When God shows up and he speaks something into your heart, man, it can change everything. And God can say something in a minute that takes you a month to unpack because God is that kind of... He's, he's amazing. And so we want him to be the guest of honor. So understand this. Like, God is the audience. Now, I say all this because we're talking about inviting the presence of God here, right? Like, we want God to show up and manifest himself in this house, right? Yeah. Amen? Amen. But, but in order for that to happen, like, that's not just Pastor Jackson's job. That's not just Maddie and the worship team's job. Like, we all play a part in that. We all play a part in saying, God, you're welcome in this place. We want you here. And part of how you, you start to realize this is you take your eyes off yourself. Remember I told you my view of church was like it's all about me? See, I made me the audience. 
And so I would come to church and I would think, it's their job to impress me. It's their job to say something good to me. It's their job. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not the audience. You're not the audience. The audience is God. And so when we come to church, how we should process church is, hey, God, how did I do for you? Was my worship pleasing to you? Was how I paid attention during the message, was that pleasing to you? Were the words that I said in the, out there talking about people across the room when they're not around, was that pleasing to you? Was how I, I welcomed that new person, like I know that person was new, did I welcome them in a way that God would go, that's pleasing to me? Like you were thinking about them, you were loving them, that was pleasing to me. Like, are we taking our eyes off of ourselves, and we're putting our, like, we should walk away from church every, every Sunday, every Wednesday going, Lord, how did I do? Did what I do please you? And I'm telling you, from that perspective, that perspective says to God, we want you here. And you think God's showing up now? God, just wait. Like, you start taking that approach to, to coming to church and to New Song students, I'm telling you, you're going to see God do some wow stuff if you take on that perspective. God, we want you here. We need you here. We need your presence. So we all play a part in bringing the presence of God into this house. Here's the second reason why you need to go to church. Am I helping you tonight? Yeah. Second reason why is you need God's people. You need God's people. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, I've got, if I've got God, and I've got you know the presence of God, which means I have the power of God, then why do I need the people of God. Like, can't I just do this thing on my own? No, you can't, just so you know. In fact, if you go back to the book of Genesis and you look at the account of creation where God is creating the world, you guys remember this? He's creating and he's, he's saying, let there be light, right? And there's light. He's speaking and creation comes. And then after he would create something, he would, he would say, it's good, right? So there's light and it's good and there's plants and it's good and there's animals and it's good. And then he creates man. And what does he say? Ah, oh, it's not good. It's not good. Why? Because man was alone. Now, now think about this. Man is in a perfect place. There's no sin in the world. He's got a perfect connection with God. And yet God looks at that and says, that's not good. He needs someone else. So God puts community in his life. Why? Because he was created from community, just like God. God's a community, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So God says, you need relationship. And it's good for us to be in relationship. You need community. And then Jesus comes along and he echoes this in the gospels when he's asked this question. They come to him and they say, Jesus, what's, what's the most important commandment? And he says, you're to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then he says, and the other one is, is, is like it. And, and when he uses that word, he, he uses this phrase, which means it's equal to. So he's saying, this is just as important as loving the Lord, your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And that is what love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, who in here loves himself? I bet you do. You do. You love you some you, right? So think about loving others, your neighbor, the people around you, like you love you. That's a high call. That's a high call. And then he makes this incredible statement after that. He says, on this hangs all the laws and the prophets. And that, what that means is he's saying, everything boils down to this. Love God and love others. Or let me say it like this. Have a relationship with God and have a relationship with God's people. Have a relationship with other 
people. You need community in your life. Why? 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Wherever, whenever you come together, so we're talking about assembling together, coming together as a church, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Edification means to build up. Okay, so, so track with me here. God's saying, when you guys come together, everybody's got something to bring. And everything you bring is going to help build other people up. So you, you know, you bring something when you come here. You bring you. And you bring your stories. And you, br you bring how God has, has, has helped you. And, and you bring uh, the wisdom that God has shown you. And you get to speak. That's what's so beautiful about your small groups. That's an opportunity for you to speak into the lives of other people what God's doing for you. So, so speak up. Get involved. Because God, listen, there's some people in this room, and, and what God has done in you will unlock their heart and bring them to freedom. Like, this is how God has ordained it, that, that he's going to give someone else what you need, and you can only get what you need by being connected to them. That's how God's ordained it to be. So you need relationship. God wants us living in the context of community. God wants us living in the context of being connected to other people. There's power that comes in community. There's also protection that comes in community. You guys ever heard uh, before the Bible talks about how we are like sheep, right? You guys ever heard that before? Yeah. We're like sheep. And uh, so I, I got a picture here. Throw that picture up, guys. This is a picture of a flock of sheep from a drone. Okay, so that looks kind of crazy. But all those little things there in the middle, that's, that's, that's a bunch of sheep, a big old herd of sheep. Someone say, bah. Bah. Okay, so that's a sheep. Now, now think about this. Sheep are like super, super kind of lame animals, right? They, they don't have really good defense mechanisms. Like you don't ever hear about like, man, that sheep, I got mauled by a sheep. It was bad. The sheep just, it was bad. Yeah, get it? Bad joke. Oh, man. The sheep got a hold of him and killed him. Like, you don't hear that. It's a nasty sheep. The sheep was infected with something. You don't hear that. And sheep are like, the way they're made, their little hooves and stuff, like, they can fall over and they can't get back up. Like, sheep are, sheep are kind of lame, okay? And the Bible says you're like a sheep, so. But, but the idea is that sheep need a shepherd, like, that's the point. And sheep also need a flock. It's in the flock and with the shepherd that sheep are protected. So, so look at this picture. Now, imagine that there's a predator. There's a wolf. There's a bear. There's something out there that's trying to get to the sheep. Which sheep are the most susceptible to an attack? The ones on the outside, right? The, the edge sheep. They're the ones that are the most susceptible to danger. So, so this, isn't, this isn't difficult. What's a good way to protect yourself if you're in a flock and you're a sheep? It's to move to the inside, right? To go, in, to go in deeper. And the further you go in, the more protected you are. And the reason I mention this is because there's some people and they kind of play this church thing. They just kind of play around on the fringes. They're not really that committed. They're not really going for it. They're, not, they're just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's a good hang. It's, it's kind of what I was doing. And I want you to know, like, you need to understand, like, you're in a dangerous place because you're susceptible to the attacks of the enemy. If you're kind of messing around with this stuff, you need to understand it's a dangerous place. So what do you do? It's real simple. You just move into the inside. You just move in deeper. So what does that look like for you? Well, maybe for you that looks like coming to pre-service prayer, saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go deeper. I'm going to come and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray for other people. I'm going, to, I'm going to be a person who invites the presence of God to show up in this place in a greater way. I'm going to be that guy. 
I'm going to be that person. I'm going to, uh, like, I've heard about this apprenticeship, and I've been thinking about it. But you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to sign up, and I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do this apprenticeship this summer. Or, or maybe for you, it's like, man, I'm messing around with some stuff, and I know it's wrong. And I know, I've been, I know for a while I've been needing to come down to altar ministry and get prayer. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to go down. I'm going to confess my faults to one another so I can be healed like the Bible says to do. I'm going to let these guys know so they can pray for me and God can, can move me ahead. I'm going to move in deeper because it's in that deeper place that I can be connected. There's protection that comes with you moving deeper into what God's calling you to be. So let me invite the band to come up. I'm almost done here. You need brothers and sisters around you. You need the body of Christ. You need the church. You need each other. There's power in community. And another beautiful thing about the church is that it's through the church that we can display a beautiful image of God. Through the church, me and you get to be people who bring about displaying the image of God. Now, we, we, you know, there, there's this idea that when we come together as a church, we come together and we assemble together, right? Now, there's a difference between just coming together and showing up and actually coming together and assembling as the church. Like, you can come together and we can gather, and that's fine, but there's something greater that God invites us to, and that's coming together to assemble, to create something. The best way I know how to illustrate this is with this thing, all right? This is the Lego Millennium Falcon, and this is the big boy, right? This is like 7,541 pieces, takes 34 hours to put this together, I didn't do it. I'm not that lame. It's Pastor Kent. It's, it's actually falling apart. Oh, no, no. That's good. Okay, we'll leave that alone. 34 hours. This is the big boy. This is 700 bucks to buy this thing, too. Now, what is it? It's a bunch of parts, right? It's a bunch of little Legos that have been put together that bring together an image. Okay, so this is assembled. Now, over here in this box, I have... Something similar, it's not the big boy. This is the $200 one, right? So it's not quite as big, but what's in here is, is what's gathered to create that. Like inside this are pieces that have been gathered together. They're gathered. They're all there in there, but they're not assembled. Now, each one of these little Lego pieces in here, if you were to take it out and look at it, like it's, a, it's got its own form of beauty. It's got its own form of power, Right? But it becomes a much more beautiful picture when it's assembled together. When, when you take the instructions in this and put them together with what's in here, and, it, and it's, it's created for its designed purpose and interconnected. That's what happens. They get interconnected with each other. All of a sudden, this goes from just being something that's kind of cool and gathered to being something that's like really cool and impressive. And that people go, man, look at that. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Any Lego fans in here? Yeah. I saw your hand go up first. Here you go, bud. You have it. You're welcome. Now, guess what? You're all getting Legos tonight. Not that, but in your small group, every one of you is going to get a little Lego tonight. And I want you to take it. I want you to take it home with you. And I want you to put it in a prominent spot. Put it in your in your room, put it in your bathroom, wherever you need to put it. And I want you to put it in there and I want you to remember that I'm a part of a bigger picture that God wants to display. Because see, here's what God does through the church is he brings us together 
And, and when we come together and we get interconnected the way we're supposed to be, according to his ways, according to the manufacturer's design, God's design, all of a sudden we display a beautiful image. And let me tell you, it's more than a Millennium Falcon. It's the image of Jesus. And see, this is what's so amazing about the church. And here's my third and final point, and this won't take long. But, but through the church, the reason why you need to go to church is because lost people need you to go to church. I, I heard a story not too long ago that somebody came to New Song Students and they, they showed up here and they said, I didn't know there were people like this in our city. I didn't know there were teenagers that loved God like that. Like, like you guys did that. Isn't that awesome? You came together, you're assembled, you're worshiping. And somebody else came in and said, man, that's, that's something I don't see anywhere else. We come together the way God's designed us to come together. Jesus is seen. Unity is seen. Love is seen. Hope is seen. Man, guys, you, you know, you're in your schools. You're in public school. You know what it's like. There's so many lost, broken, hurting people. And they have no hope. And, and we have hope. And we have Jesus. And I, I say this all the time in New Song. You probably heard me say it before. This is too good to keep to ourselves. This is why I love the church. This is why years ago, eight years ago, I was working at another church. I had a great job in the, one of the biggest churches in America. I got this incredible job. My family's happy. We got a great home. But I felt God calling me to move to Oklahoma City and plant this church. And I didn't know anybody in this city. But I so believed in the church, I said, God, I'll go. And I moved here, didn't know anybody. We started with just a handful of people. And now we got 1,200 people that come to New Song Church. It's amazing what God is doing. And we're just getting started, guys, just getting started. There's so much more ahead for this house. But I want you to know, there's so much more ahead for you. And there's so many people who need you to be the church you're called to be. And so my, courage, my encouragement to you is you're doing great and keep going. You're doing great. You're displaying a beautiful image. Keep going. Keep pressing in. Keep pursuing the presence of God. Keep pursuing, connecting with the people of God. Make sure your heart's right. Chase after the Lord. And then, man, go after those lost people and invite them in. You never know. I know sometimes it's scary. What are they going to think? What if I bring that world into this world? What's going to happen? Worlds collide. Yes. Darkness meets light. Worlds collide. And God can do something beautiful in that. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Lord, I'm so grateful for your church. It matters. It's a big deal. I'm grateful I get to be a part of it. I'm grateful we get to be a part of it. I'm grateful for New Song students, what you're doing in this place. Thank you for all of these history makers in here, these people, God, that you called to do great and mighty things. Men and women of God, young men and women of God. Lord, that you've got such a plan for their life. I just pray that you would seal them in that. Lord, I pray right now that the manifest presence of God would show up in this room. You just begin to breathe over this room. Love and peace. Thank you, Jesus. Love and peace. Joy. Lord, I thank you that joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Somebody in here, and you would say, man, I, don't, I feel like I need strength. I just feel weak. Not in my body, I just feel weak in my mind, in my thoughts, in my way. No one's looking around. Lift up your hand if that's you. You say, man, I just feel weak. Yeah, lots of hands. Lord, I just thank you. Your joy is our strength. Your joy is our strength. Thank you, Lord, for just downloading your joy into them right now. 
strengthen them by your joy. Not, not a joy, not, not happiness, Lord. Not just based on their circumstances being perfect, but joy that's based on who you are and that you love them and that you're for them and that you're with them, Lord. I pray you would seal that in their heart tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Someone in here, heads bowed, eyes closed. Someone in here, and you just, like, you're struggling to find peace right now. Like, you just feel you're concerned, you're worried, you got anxiety, and it just feels consuming. If that's you, lift up your hand, struggling with peace. All right, cool, you can put your hands down. Lord, we just lift them up right now. God, you see them, and you love them, and you are the Prince of Peace. You are a peacemaker. And I pray, Lord God, that you just bring peace to their heart, peace to their soul, peace that the word says passes understanding. It's not based on everything being right. It's not based on them having it all figured out. It's based on, once again, you and your love. Lord, thank you. Thank you for ministering to your people tonight. You love these these kids. You love them, Lord. You're for them and not against them. I pray over them, Lord, that they are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Blessed coming in and blessed going out. Everything they set their hands to will prosper in Jesus' name.